What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Old English D, a Detroit Tigers podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Casey Rose, joined by Josh Passion. How are you doing today, Josh? Casey, I'm doing fantastic. We're coming off a Tigers win. We had a crazy weekend of baseball in general, crazy weekend of Tigers baseball, and I'm I'm psyched, psyched to do this second podcast. Yes, yes. As a as a recording note, we are recording after the Tigers um, tied up their season with a 500 record, and they they won against the Boston Red Sox tonight, three to one. Um, couple keynotes. Javi Baez had his first home run. Um, Matt Manning had a great start. Um, you know, it, it, all of the above really. And it was, it was, it was good to see him bounce back after, wow, a really, really bad, <laughs> bad Sunday. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm glad you kind of segued right into that. Cause we were, we were kind of talking, we we're trying to figure out, um, you know, kind of run of show for this weekend or for this week rather. Um, and for this episode and, and trying to decide, okay, do we do like a, you know, a, a rundown of each game. Do we go through the box score of each, you know, like, do we, do we like just kind of go through the highlights of each game? You know, like, what do we do? And I think we came up with a better idea, something that's a little bit more interesting. Uh, Josh, what did we come up with? I think we're just going to go with uh, our three, our three top takeaways from, from the week's games. Uh, they can be either good or bad. They can be neither. They can be just an observation, uh, just kind of our our biggest notes from the week and kind of what we what we noticed. Yeah, right. And I think I think that's a good way to encapsulate the the entirety of the week. Because I mean, obviously, I you know if you're listening to this podcast, you, you watch the games or at least you you have an idea of what happened. Um, and then uh, you know, Tiger's Twitter is is pretty well um, versed in just following every single second of everything that happens. So, um, if there's obviously like big news or something that comes out, like the AJ said, or something like that, we'll, we'll cover it. Um, but for the most part, we'll just kind of stick to the takeaways and then hopefully within our takeaways, we'll have opportunities to kind of go over some of the week's games. Um, so along with that, I'll go ahead and kick us off. Uh, we think we're going to alternate. We did, we each did three, right? Yeah, for sure. We can do that. Okay, so so we'll you... alternate. And um, for my first one, uh, I, I really wanted just to kind of encapsulate the entirety of the weekend, right? I mean, it had its ups, it had its downs, right? And, and you know, obviously the, the amazing season opener that I think we can both agree was one of the best Tiger games, really baseball games in general that we've ever seen with the awesome Javi uh, walk off single that we that we got to experience, um, but I think a good way to just kind of talk about the grit of this team is that they they just have some heart. You know what I mean? They they truly have some heart. Now, I would argue, right, the most um, or I guess the glaring example of that is the season opener, right, where they they you know were down early, battled back. Um, and then had the crazy two innings in the, in the late, in the late go of it. But then also, um, the second game, it never really felt like we were out of it until it was over. Right. Absolutely. Uh, we even had like in the ninth inning, we had the tying run at the plate and it felt, especially after what we did game one against the bullpen and Hendricks, it really felt like we had a shot to kind of repeat and do the same thing again late but it kind of just didn't come together the way it did and that's baseball honestly 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. And, and I mean, we have to remember too. I mean, the, the White Sox are. I mean, we learned this weekend. We we you know they are clearly at the top of this this division. I mean, they they are they are the best team. They not saying that it's like clear that they're going to win the division, but I mean, they are clearly the team to beat in the division, and they showed that this weekend. Um, but then we have a tough Sunday. And Sunday is pretty bleak. Sunday, we probably want to forget. Uh, the Tigers took a 10-1 to loss, but then where my evidence of the heart comes through is, I would say, the game today. Uh, an amazing bounce back. Um, you know, we got ahead early, which you could finally say for once that we actually pitched with a lead. Uh, Matt Manning got to, one of our pitchers, really, for that matter, got to pitch with a lead. That was the first time all year that that happened. And it just felt like, a perfect answer to a really, really tough Sunday. So that's my first one. This team has some extreme heart and it's just the brand of baseball that AJ likes to see. And I think he's uh, continued that on throughout the entirety of this roster. So it's exciting to see that they're going to continue that brand of baseball. Josh, what do you got for your first one? Uh, Well, I just wanted to kind of touch on what you were saying too. It, it really seems like that's the kind of manager that AJ Hinch is just in general you know, not, not getting too high off of the great moments and not getting too low off of the, off mm. of the bad ones, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just kind of a l- even keel because a team that, you know, keeps that steady heartbeat throughout, you know, whatever's going on, they're going to be able to do some pretty amazing things when, when it counts. So just kind of uh, piggyback off what you said. Um, touching on the, on the games though, I really feels like this year as the starting pitching goes, that's how this team is going to play. Mm-hmm. kind of how our record's going to be shown. Uh, we know what we're going to get out of our lineup, I think, just in general. I think we're going to get some some good at-bats, and we're going to have some offense this year. Uh, these young pitchers, it, it's going to really, really come down to what this team is. Uh, it, it showed itself in in the first few games here. I mean, I have, I have the box scores up. I mean, Eduardo had pitched, went four innings, and allowed three runs and, and Mize went five innings, allowed four runs. Scooble went four innings, allowed five runs. So it's just those three games. It's so hard in this, in major league baseball to win when you're not giving your team a chance to just start the game. I mean, we, every single game against the white Sox, we came out of the gates in our first at bats and bottom of the first down. We, yeah. we were losing already. And that's, that's, that's no, terrible, that's no place to yeah put your offense. Exactly. That's a terrible place to leave your offense that, you know, Robbie Grossman comes up to the plate with no outs in the bottom of the first and he's already thinking, okay, well, we gotta, we gotta get these runs back. So kind of a tough place to put your team. And if, if the starting pitching can give us a chance and give us a little bit of length, it's going to do great things for our offense. It's going to do great things for the bullpen. It's, you know, honestly been the star of the show when it's coming to pitching so far is just how well the bullpen is pitched. Um, did, did we think we were going to be saying that <laughs> after seeing Lord. all the injuries, after seeing, you know, Cisnera on the 60 day, we got Chafin, who's our, you know, big acquisition for the bullpen. He's on the 10 day. Like, did we really think that the bullpen would be the, the bright spot of the pitching staff? No, I, I didn't. Absolutely not. So just, just kind of big thought of, of the weekend, honestly, was, you know, if, if our starting pitching can give us a shot, I think we're going to have a great chance in a lot of games this year. Yeah. And, and, and kind of, you know, jumping off of that too, I, it, it kind of adds credence to your prediction from last week of, you know, they're probably going to have to acquire a starter at the deadline. 
Um, I think we've put a lot of faith into these and in, in keyword, you, you said it right. It was these young starters. I mean, these guys realistically, right. They're, they're only in, you know, Scooble and, and Miser in their third, second full year, but technically their third major league year uh, with the shortened 2020 season and Manning's just starting a second. And I mean, like you're, you're asking a lot of these kids um, they're still going to have ups and downs. They're still going to have, the questionable pitch calls. They're still going to have the questionable pitch locations. Um, not saying that they're not good and not saying that they're not going to take a step forward, but I truly think that, you know, there might be a little bit too much weight on, on their shoulders um, to, to see if we can pick it up. And I, and I think we kind of saw that with not only, you know, just Scooble's performance. Cause I think you and I would both agree that that wasn't the best performance out of him or really might've been the worst out of the three, but also from Erod and Mize too. Um, Manning was great today, but uh, my second takeaway, and this plays perfectly into uh, the three, one win against the Red Sox this evening. Um, we have already seen every aspect of Javi's game. <laughs> <laughs> like every possible facet of this man's baseball prowess has been on display. And then sometimes baseball um, ignorance, maybe too. Um, truthfully, right. I think he is an electric presence. I think he brings something that is truly special to the diamond. Um, but then there's just sometimes when he just leaves your head scratching. Um, specifically, maybe a little over aggressive in game two. Um, I think it was game two, right? When he, yeah, yeah, when he, when he went for home and, and, you know, nine times out of 10, right? The catcher or that ball rather squirts farther away from the catcher and, and they don't make the play, right? But of course, it happened to Javi that, you know, they made the play and they made a great play, but maybe a little over aggression there. We saw some absolutely electric plays in the field <laughs> um most notably the one today where he like i mean not not gonna say we're on no hitter watch because we weren't really deep in enough in the game but it did kind of look like you know there were some key defensive plays that were going to come up and and be the conver- the topic of conversation um and and javi made one of those and just deep in the hole had zero chance you thought of saving that base hit. And then, you know, he just ends up throwing a gem to Harold, Harold Castro first baseman. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then, you know, all exclamation point with the home run. And it's just like, wow, this guy is going to be both incredibly frustrating to watch for 162 games, but he's also going to be a lot of fun to watch for 162 games. And I think for being the time, the kind of team that we are, um, he he fits perfectly into the mold of of the gritty AJ Hinch style of play, and I think he's going to do a lot of good things for us. And just think, man, he could realistically have three home runs right now. Oh yeah, games. you're right. That's a fair point. That's a in, fair point too. In June weather, two of those fly balls he hit the first few games are are gone. Yeah, and and the wind and the cold weather just just didn't happen for him. It, it was it was awesome to see him finally get a real hold of one. And, kind of a no doubter down the line hit it how sad would it have been if it didn't stay fair oh my gosh dude (laughs) can't i cannot imagine a life without that home run right now (laughs) you know it 
kind of early in the season to say this, but it was almost almost felt like a must win for this game just to come off come off of that loss to the White Sox strong. But I 100 percent agree. Uh, my my second takeaway from the week is, and and we kind of threw it in at the end of last episode because it kind of happened last minute. But holy cow, Austin Meadows is the current MVP for this Tigers team. He has endorsed alive like no one else to start this year. Just electric. I I I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, and that's probably being a bad podcaster, but I. He's he's walked three times. He's yeah. I mean, I think he's been on base. If it hasn't been every game, it's been you know every game but one. But I think it's been every game. Yeah, I mean, I can I can pull up the numbers real quick here too. But he's every rally, every scoring opportunity that the Tigers have had so far this year. It seems like he is either doing the doing the starting of it or he's scoring a run in it. He seems to be on the bases constantly during these games. I knew next to nothing about this guy before he came to the Tigers, before we traded for him like a week ago, quite literally. And he's, he's hit so well. I mean, just average wise, he's putting balls in play. He's, he's spraying it all over the diamond. He's hitting, you know, he's hit, he hit a double. He's driving in runs. He he's playing in the field. He's playing a, above average outfield. He made a spectacular sliding catch in the outfield today and i didn't know we needed a a an outfielder but oh my gosh if we don't have him i don't think we're we're two and two right now i, I actually right. know we're not two and two right now no and, and exactly right i think two things out of that one i think the rays fans would very much agree with you that that you know like we we weren't even sure that what we were getting i think i think maybe only it's he's one of those underrated players that like only Rays fans would have been able to truly tell you the value of Austin Meadows. Um, he is truly bad. I mean, he's been this year's Robbie Grossman for all intents and purposes. And I'm stoked for that because we still have Robbie Grossman on this team. And the second thing from that is right. So Riley green goes down with an injury. We're super bummed about that. I, I mean, is that potentially a blessing in disguise? Like, I, I, I mean, like, we're not acquiring Austin Meadows. And, and mind you, it's two years of control of Austin Meadows if Riley Green stays healthy. And I'm not saying that Riley Green wouldn't have been an impact player just the same. And, you know, we might have been saying the same thing, just copy and paste with Riley Green's name. But it still is like, whoa, when Riley gets healthy and we have Austin Meadows on this team and we have Robbie Grossman. And if Badu ever picks it up and yeah, you know, I mean like it, it makes this lineup just all the more deep. And I don't think it happens without Riley's injury. No, I mean, and you said the first podcast, you know, where your hot take was, we're not going to miss Riley green and it's not going to affect. And I team. said that before we acquired <laughs> exactly. Austin. <Meadows. laughs> exactly. I mean, look, I have his stats pulled up. I mean, not in nine at bats, nine true at bats, four hits. He's hitting 444 through four games. He's scored and then three, what, runs. three walks or something. His too? on-base percentage is 583. <laughs> his OPS plus, and I said it before, I'll say it again. OPS plus is my favorite stat. Out of a hundred being average, he's hitting 259 right now. I don't think I've seen a number like that wow. this early in the season. Wow. 
That's insane. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if you looked at other people's OPS pluses. Like, I'm sure some people are in the 200s. Like, that's fair. But still, I mean, like that that takes into account the entirety of the league, and so there's some kind of baseline there. That's impressive. Um, yeah, I think I think you you hit the nail on the head. I think Austin Meadows is the catalyst of this of this lineup right now, um, and I think he is seems to be kind of the spark plug. Um, he got a amazing clutch leadoff single against a lefty tonight. Um, and that was, that was absolutely huge. Um, I'm going to have you go with your third one and then I'll, I'll go with my uh, third one after you. Uh, Cause I, I have a little bit of a segue that I want to do into the next, um, into the next topic. So go ahead with your third one. We'll change up the order a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and we're going to get into it a little bit later um, kind of, kind of more in depth, but my, my third takeaway is, Spencer Torkelson, I, he's had some some struggles at the play. I think that's it's pretty some, fair to say. Some, yeah, well, but I think the surprise of his game so far has been his glove at first base. I mean, I don't think I've seen somebody come up from the minors and just absolutely wow in the infield that I was not expecting because he's he's made scoop plays at first like nothing. He's he laid out for one. I believe it was opening day and just stole a single. He's, you know, he, he hasn't been perfect by any means. I mean, he got a scorcher pop, pop hit fly. tonight. Yeah. Pop fly and, that he also missed too, but yeah, the scorcher too. He still made the out though. Right. He got the out down at second base. I mean, I, I was under the impression when we drafted him that he was a power hitter that had to play first base because there was no other position for him. But if he's going to come up and and be a above average first baseman, I think that's even better for this team. Uh, I know we're looking for the for the at bats. I know we're looking for the for the power out of his bat, and I think that will come. I honestly am not too concerned about Torque. We'll get into that more later in the podcast. But I, I was blown away by how good he looks over at first base. Yeah, I think I think your your point is very warranted. I think um especially now that he's had some struggles at the plate, you know, it doesn't seem at least to me like he's let it kind of, you know, um meander its way over to his defense too cuz sometimes that can happen, right? If you're if you're struggling on one side of the game, you let it you let it seep into the other parts of your game and it seems like he he has a pretty level head. Um I, we've we've been over it, you know, he's clearly one of the most mature 20 year olds or 21 year olds, however old he is now at the plate, but then also just a mature baseball player, right? He just, he's, he, his baseball IQ is, is pretty high. Um, and, and I think one, I think the scorcher tonight, like, you know, he, he easily could have, um, I, I question why he picked it up with his glove, <laughs> but, but <laughs> it is what it is, but I'm glad, I'm glad he was able to get it without any kind of, um, issues, but, um, it, the fact that he was able to get the lead runner still and didn't panic and his throw wasn't perfect, but it was, an, it was within the vicinity to, to have candy be able to grab it, um, and then touch second base. And so I, I, a hundred percent agree with you and yeah, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more. Right. But I, I do um, I am worried about the bat and uh, I don't, I don't think that's too far to say, but I, I'm not worried about Torkelson as an actual baseball player. Um, my third one, my third takeaway, um, kind of along the lines of, of what you were speaking about a little bit with the starters. Um, 
and I do want to kind of preface this is specifically with the starters. I think the bullpen's actually shown some some really uh, really good stuff and really really important outings that have kept us in the ball game, specifically in the season opener. Um, but the starters, they've got to be better. Um, and, and this is minus you know tonight's really amazing outing from my, from Manning um, because you know who would have thought that the best outing out of the four would have been Matt Manning. Um, and Hey, Tyler Alexander can still Tyler Alexander has a chance to uh, outdo him tomorrow. Um, but, uh, as far as Erod goes, that was a pretty big disappointment. Um, I think us going down early was, was a struggle. He did battle, right? I mean, he had that, he had that really important, um, middle innings to kind of regather himself. And, and that's, that's good that he showed some, some heart there. And then Mize though, it was pretty, was pretty concerning. Um, again, kind of got down early and then battled for a couple innings and then just left it, just a cookie down the middle for Grandall. Um, and, and then Scooble was just all over the place. Right. And, and this is kind of where I, I wanted to kind of hone in on, on, what I wanted to segue into for it's just something to have on your radar. And, and maybe, maybe I'm being a little preemptive about it. Maybe I'm being a little too, um, looking too deeply into it, I guess. But I, I truly question the, the pitch mix with some of these kids. Um, uh, you look at Mize's start and, you know, he, would get ahead in the count. And he did this a lot last year too. Um, you know, he gets ahead in the count and then he goes to a fastball and like, he just doesn't even try to throw a breaking ball until he throws a pretty useless out of the zone fastball, trying to get them to chase. And it's just a throwaway pitch. Like it, there's no purpose to it. There's no, like, it doesn't do anything for, for you. It doesn't show them anything. They're just, the batter just looks at it and just takes it. But it's like time and time again, and then and then there was even some questions about Scooble's pitch mix and and, and you know I, whatever it may be. And and here's the thing: I don't know if it's you know Barnhart calling the wrong calls. I don't think it is. I think it's more just he hasn't had a lot of time to to spend with these players. It was a shortened spring, so I think he's still getting used to their their pitch repertoires. But it's just something to look out for. I don't know why it's the choice of whoever's in charge of the of of. You know, I don't, and I want to make this clear. I don't think that Casey Mize is, is calling his own game out there. I very much think it's either coming from the dugout or Tucker Barnhart. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that, that Casey Mize goes up 0-2 on a batter and then follows it up with a fastball, like in the zone at 93. Like, try to go for the splitter. Throw him the slider. Like, you know, it's just it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, again, not, not, not waving the sirens here, but I think truly like just something to look out for. Cause it, it seems like they are scared to use their secondary stuff and it, it, it's, it's not helping them get through the lineup, um, the first time around very easily. What are your thoughts on that? So I think an overarching key to my to my kind of take on the first i mean we've seen four games so far but my kind of overarching take is we've yet to get through a whole whole run through the rotation 
we've seen less than 20 at bats for everybody. We've seen one team per starter. I don't think you can make very many, you know, assumptions and, and it's going to be really hard to, to pin down what this team looks like specifically, what kind of a team we have until we get two, three starts through the rotation and, you know, 50 at bats through these, through these hitters, it's going to take a while. I mean, even just recency bias, but last year we were horrendous through the first week of May. And, and after that, we had a winning record the rest of the year. And so it's, it's just so hard for me to make, make a judgment on any of these guys yet. I do have, I do have a few of the same concerns with the pitch mix, but you know, and this is where we kind of disagree. I think Scoobles fastball is his best pitch. I think it's one of the best pitches against both righties and lefties up in the zone when he's, when he's throwing it at where he can, which is 95 to 97. I don't think you're touching it. I, I think. No, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, and, and you know, I mean, I think I, that just to, you know, not to cut you off or anything, but I, I do think that his, his fastball is his most important pitch. I don't think it's his best pitch though. Um, just looking, and this is, this is data from fan graphs that I pulled up real quick. Um, and this is through one start in 2022. This you know, sample size is important here. Um, in his start today, or not today, yesterday, he was 55%, 55.7% fastball, 7.6% slider, 8.9% curveball, and 12.7% changeup. And he threw a split finger too, apparently, of 15.2%. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes they just register as a weird different pitch. I, I would assume there, there were all the changeups, but okay, yeah. Um, so all of those... It's, it's, it looks a bit different from last year. He's through about 1% less fastballs. I know that's not where the big number is, but he last year he threw 22% sliders. Mm-hmm. And then this start today or yesterday, I keep saying today, I'm sorry. His, his start yesterday, he threw 7%. So it's a huge drop in sliders. Um, he threw quite a bit more curveballs, about 3% more curveballs, and about a percent more one percent more change-ups they're registering this split finger i'm not 100 percent sure if that's the sliders the percentage of sliders that we're missing here or or what but yeah i don't know i mean he definitely dropped the splitter but right and and just you know for record for the record like i i, I truly do think that his best pitch against righties that is is the change-up i i, I just don't think he throws it enough now i, I get it 12 percent. he threw it more than a slider i don't think he had any confidence in his slider uh whatsoever but i, I think the key is with scooble specifically is just it needs to be more pitch mix like just just period like there needs to be more change of speeds like that's fine if you have the and really he realistically only had like 94 95 yesterday but like if you're gonna like if you're going to depend on that 94 95 or hopefully when he gets you know going it's 96 97 what makes that pitch so much better is if you can counter it with a change of speeds whether that be a slider whether that be a change up whatever it is i I think his change up is way better than he gets credit for um he just doesn't have enough confidence in it but i it just it, it would make him a pitcher rather than a thrower 
And, and I think he's still a thrower. He still doesn't know how to pitch. He just knows how to overpower people. And when he's not overpowering people, he doesn't know what to do. Um, and, and, and then you could, you could even say the same thing for Mize. I, I think, you know, with less velocity, I think if he, if his fastball isn't working to get out, I think he's kind of lost. Um, and, and I know you and I have talked about this too. And just, just so, you know, it's out there, right? I, I think truly the difference between him being a number one starter, like ace type pitcher and being like a number two or number three, like great in the rotation, but not quite that elite level starter is that splitter. And I mean, he threw one, right? Yeah. Yeah. He threw one that like, I mean, just messed up Grandall. I mean, and then obviously Grandall hit the home run later in the game, but I mean, he threw one that was dirty, right? And if he can find that pitch, and I know he's kind of on a reclamation project to, to find it again and find the arm slot and figure out, you know, what made it so good in his college years. If he can find that pitch, we truly have one of the best one twos of any rotation. But he's gotta he's gotta find that pitch. He really does because not only does it help with the strikeouts, I, and and you know, I, strikeouts are strikeouts that those are fine. I I I think it truly helps with like the ground balls and having people swing and hit that soft ground ball, and you just get another out, and you don't have to worry about it. Um, that that's what I think. I, it's just something to look out for. Again, you're a hundred percent right. We are four games in. You know, uh. 500 start we had a couple bad starts a couple good starts you know i mean like like it it is way too early to be making any kind of crazy crazy observations on it but it's just it's just kind of curious um especially with scuba like why why are you throwing that in this count i don't know yeah i would just kind of just to button it up just give fetter and barnhart a little more time with these guys short and spring didn't have as much time we both know what Fetter is. He's he he's does a fantastic job of getting getting guys where they need to be. Barnhart, Gold Glove catcher. He knows how, he's a veteran. He knows how to do it. It's going to get there. I say I say just give him a little more time. They just need a little more time. Yeah, and that, and that's one hundred percent fair. Um, so with the two and two start, how are we feeling? Are we, are we feeling still good? I think, I think it's a lot easier to say that we're feeling a lot better after tonight's win. I think that's, I think that's easy to say. Um, we are we, not that we were down on the one and two, but it definitely felt like we got a, a rude awakening from, from the best team in the division, realistically. Right. Um, and, and I think Sunday, the way it happened, I think that's partially it too. You know, it only counts for one loss in the loss column. You know what I mean? Like that's, what's important is like, yeah. you know, we lost 10 to one, but it, it really only affects one, one game. And so it just, it's just sometimes the way you lose though, there was really nothing pretty about Sunday. And I think we can all agree on that, but the bounce back tonight made it all the better. Um, and honestly, I'm feeling pretty good about our two and two start. What about you? Yeah. I mean, we were looking at it before we, before we hit record and the tigers have one of the most difficult front ends of their schedule. We have to play teams in the first two months, like the Dodgers. We have to play the Astros. 
you know, just the cream of the crop of their division, Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox, just the the scariest look of division in baseball right now, the the AL East. We have to play three of the teams. It's it's something that, you know, if we had had this schedule last year, I don't think we would have won a game in the month of April with how we looked. Um if this team can go at least 500 against against the cream of the crop of baseball, I think we're setting ourselves up very, very well. Um, mm-hmm. We showed showed heart against good teams last year, and if we can if we can get out of you know out of series, steal a couple series from some good teams, and and play well against the teams that we need to play well against, I think we have a decent shot at, at making a run this year. Uh, we've seen the good from this team now. We've seen the a complete game of good baseball from the Detroit Tigers after their win against the Red Sox. We've seen a complete game of awful baseball from the Detroit Tigers. We've seen, the, <laughs> it, you know, yesterday the ten to one loss to the to the White Sox, it, just from the very first pitch of Tim Anderson doubling down the line. Like I told bad. myself, I wasn't going to say his name this pod. <laughs> yeah, not, Gosh, not huge Tim Anderson fans here, but anyways, at the first pitch, the first pitch, he's on second base. You blinked and he was there. Oh my gosh! All right, whatever. It was bad. We've seen the ups. We've seen the downs already. I think AJ Hinch is the perfect manager for this team. He's going to keep them level-headed and he's going to keep them where they need to be. I I feel, I feel okay. Uh, if you would have asked me that this morning before the game, I don't know if I would have, would have had the same answer, but I'm feeling okay. I, I think one turn through the rotation, if we're, you know, we're going to be either two and three or three and two, I don't think I would have hated it either way to start the year. If you, if you would have told me we would have, we would have been pretty close to breaking even against the White Sox and the Red Sox. I think we would have taken that as a win. So, right, right, and I, I think you said it perfect. Right, I mean, in kind of extrapolating what you said, it, it sounds like to me if if we finish April at five hundred or you know right thereabouts, give or take a game or two in the win loss column, I think we feel pretty okay. Is that is that what we're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the AL East being the AL East uh, just look like absolute monsters. Uh, the White Sox are going to do White Sox things. And I mean, I, I truly am super curious how we are going to play against other AL Central teams, because as we know, like 2021, we, we played terrible against other AL Central teams. And it's just been a struggle for us for the last however many years. I mean, I know we weren't that great going back uh, all the way, but we've never played our division or, you know, never, we, we haven't played our division well recently. And, and uh, as, as current as the schedule is, this actually is subject to change next year where they're going to kind of change how they do divisional um, matchups. They're going to do less of them, I guess. But as far as this calendar goes and this schedule goes, it's still very important to, to do well against your division. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just hate losing to the division. I mean, you know, you have to see the guys what 17, 18 times a year. And when you, when you start the year off badly against them, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Cause you know, you gotta, you gotta see him 15 more times, but yeah, I mean, it could be worse right now. Absolutely. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we could be 0 and 4 and we could be absolutely crying. So I'm glad, I'm glad that's not the case. So it, it, glad that we're two and two and it was, a, it was a good win from, from tonight. So 
Um, jumping off of that, we had some uh, weekly predictions. Now, granted, they were a little bit cut short, and we're just gonna what we're gonna do for these, right? Is we're gonna have a new weekly prediction every podcast, right? Um, and so with these most recent games, obviously we, re- we recorded and we uploaded on Tuesday. And so, you know, we didn't have a couple, a few games in there and now we'll have a little bit more of a sample size with these new predictions that we're going to have, but still just to kind of keep us and get us going, uh, we'll cut off these predictions and then start new ones tonight. So my pitcher prediction was that Casey Myers was going to have a great start. And it didn't necessarily go like that. <laughs> um, he went five innings. He allowed seven hits, uh, four earned runs, no walks, which I think is an important part of all of that. No walks, um, uh, two strikeouts. Uh, he did allow that one home run. I, I think for Mize and, and, you know, not to rehash anything, but it it's just he's got to be more comfortable with throwing his off-speed pitches um, and something that I thought of kind of when we were talking about that a little bit, I do wonder if they're trying to do the thing where they hide their repertoire first through the first time of the order. Um, so like maybe that's it, right? Where he's, he's not trying to, to, to throw all of his pitch repertoire in the first inning. And I get that. That's fair. But when you're not getting outs, I think you have to yeah. kind of start reassessing what you're, what you're throwing um, to get those outs, even if it is the first inning. Um, Justin Verlander has a famous, uh, I don't know, famous quote, but it's one of his, his, his beliefs on the mound is like, you know, okay, you, you've given up runs in the first inning. Now you just have to say, this is all they get. You know what I mean? And just, and throw everything at them. And he was really one of the best at that, whether he gave up, you know, six runs in the first inning or six runs in an inning or, or no runs in an inning. He just, he said to himself, you know, okay, this is what they get and just find a way to put my team back in the ball game. Um, and not saying that Mize didn't do that. Cause I think he had a, a fine stretch of about three innings there where, where things were going okay. Um, but suffice to say, wasn't really the start we were looking for out of Mize. Um, who was your pitcher that you predicted would have a good, would have a good start. So my picture was Erod. I was really hoping for just right off the bat, just absolutely dominant pitching outing. And yeah, we know that didn't happen either. So it's just uh, a went, weird, yeah. a weird one, right? Like he would get two outs and then he would just implode. I don't know. It was weird. It was so strange. So he, and the thing I think we have to keep in mind is he, I think if he had imploded without, you know, throwing a lot of pitches the first two innings because he only gave up runs the first two innings. Mm-hmm. He, he gave up, I think, two and one in the first, two in the second, I believe is what it was. Mm-hmm. And if he hadn't thrown as many pitches as he did those first couple innings, I definitely think he could have gone five or six. Um, he only went four. He left four hits, three earned runs. He walked two and he struck out two. Um, I honestly and this is kind of probably an unpopular opinion. I think he had a good start after, after the first couple innings, he, I think he retired seven or eight in a row in the third and fourth innings at some point. So he got back on track and he, he, you know, credit to him. He kept the Tigers in the game because. Right. Right. He, he gave us a chance to win. And that, that's what a, that's what a pitcher does you know and 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 that's what what a what an ace can do for you so yeah no i I actually agree i think i think he actually did have he made the most of it i guess yeah he clearly didn't have you know his best stuff 
And in the cold weather, you know, it was in the, I think it was in the either thirties or low forties in Comerica and, you know, didn't start well, but we paid him to be our ace for a reason. And he, he, he gave us the best that he could out of the situation. And I think, I mean, at this point, marginally, I think my prediction came true a little bit more than yours did, but really, really hoping for some better pitching here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, right. I, it, there's always that, those first start jitters, you know what I mean? Whether it be first inning or first start, or, you know, I, I truly think that Erod wanted to go out there and, and throw a, a good first game and probably just got ahead of himself. Um, I, I'm not worried about it, obviously. And I think he will bounce back, but um, as you can probably tell, um, I'm going to be the jinx this year because <laughs> my hitter prediction uh, was Akil Badu and uh, not looking great, not looking great. Um, AJ even kind of alluded to this in spring where like Badu was actually having some pretty good at bats against lefties, but he even, <laughs> he even said to him like, Hey, just cause you're doing well against lefties. Like, let's not lose that prowess against righties. Like let, let, let's, you know, where your, some of your swings look a little rough against righties and it's just carried over into the regular season. I think, I think he's just putting too much pressure on himself. I really do. Um, I think, you know, he's Oh, for nine with four strikeouts and, and plenty left on base. Um, I think, Truthfully, it would really just take one hit for him to break out of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if he's going to register that hit. I mean, his swing plane is is all over the place. I mean, his bat is in the zone for maybe five seconds, and then you know, I'm I'm just being and, and facetious. It wouldn't probably point two seconds, but it's not in the zone for as long as it needs to be to make contact with the, with the pitch. Um, he looks like he's just pressing too hard. He doesn't look as scrappy as he did last year. You know, he, he always kind of made contact with the pitch and, you know, he just doesn't, doesn't really look like that's the case. And he's chasing, he's chasing a lot. Um, if there's anyone to have a little bit of a slump to start the year, I guess it was either, you know, he was going to do, fantastic to start the year and really be a spark plug or it was going to be the exact opposite and and we're seeing the exact opposite um again not ringing the sirens necessarily but not a good start from our boy badu on the converse side of that i picked miggy yeah of course i had i had some faith i had some faith in the big guy that he would uh he'd come through for me and it's crazy to me too because he historically does not have good aprils period it was it was probably an ill-advised pick, honestly, <laughs> at this point. But at first four games, he went four for 13, three RBIs, and two walks. And, you know, he got the double today. He got two hits. He's, you know, the four hits, just four closer to the 3,000 number that we're all waiting for. And only two away from 600 almost, doubles. Almost to 600 doubles. It's just crazy. And, you know, I've had my doubts with, with late career Mickey in my day, and, and Casey can attest to this, but he's just a professional hitter. He's just a fantastic baseball hitter. It's just His job now is to hit the baseball, put it in play, and get on base. And, you know, there's going to come some home runs with that. There's going to come some doubles from that. He's going to walk. And 
I think him being okay with kind of moving on to the next stage of his career, he came into spring training. He said, we're, we're okay. I'm okay with, with not batting third, not batting fourth. I'm okay with, with not playing first base every day. If it's going to make this team good. And if Mickey is hitting like this in the fifth or sixth spot in the lineup, and you could put guys like, you know, scope and candy and Baez up in the top of that lineup, our lineup gets so much deeper and it just gets really tough for opponents. And Mickey's going to get to that 3000 this year. Mickey's going to get to the 600 doubles and those days are going to be fantastic. But him, him just starting the year like this is just so good to see because he, you were right. He does not start out well, typically, but kind of on fire to start with. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, you know, if Austin Meadows is the MVP of, of this team, I think, I think uh, Miggy is, is at the very least, right. Like a, a, a important mention, right. Like, a, you know, like a, you know, if he does, doesn't do the things and, and get a couple of the hits that he's gotten, this team could have easily, could have easily lost. Um, so, or a couple games that, you know, a couple games that we won. So I think timely hitting from Miggy is, is one of the keys to this offense, but really it, it just, like you said, it just, it just makes the lineup even deeper and, and that can only mean more wins for the Tigers. So shout out to Miggy. Uh, you know, if, if it means that he's going to get 3000 even quicker, that'd be awesome, but I would like it to happen at home home so if we can space it out because i would like to go to comerica for the 3000th hit we're on 3000 watch only 10 away only 10 away okay so you know you're clearly winning the predictions category um do you want to lead us off for your pitcher prediction of the next week's games yeah for sure um my pitcher prediction this week it's gonna it's gonna come out of nowhere it's gonna kind of surprise you and and we're gonna we're going to kind of take a step into the dark here, but I'm going to go with, uh, with Jacob Barnes. Oh, Jacob Barnes, I like bullpen, it. Bullpen arm. Uh, he's been, he's been on a major league roster before. He knows how, how to be a major leaguer, but it's first time with this team. I think it's probably the first time he's got a real legitimate shot. Loved what I saw out of him out of spring training. I, I don't, as of right now, believe he's gotten into a game in the first four. Uh, he did. did no, he? Yeah. He, he, uh, he pitched, uh, either the no, he pitched the the first game. He pitched the first game. You know that or the second game. It definitely wasn't the definitely wasn't Sunday. But now let's now we go back. He did pitch the first game. Okay, first yeah. game, one inning, no hits, no runs, no walks, no strikeouts. That's what you want out of a bullpen arm, honestly. right? And I and I remember too because it it went it went Hutchison, which was you know important because he had to be the swing man, and then it went Lang, and then Barnes. I was like, oh wow, okay, AJ, wow, we are we are really putting a lot of <laughs> a lot of pressure on this guy, and that's just what AJ does. I mean, you know, he just throws people under the fire, and he's like, all right, you're on this team for a reason. Go show us why you're on this team, and I love that about AJ. But yeah. Shout out to Jacob Barnes because he had a really important inning in the first game. Uh, my pitcher that I'm going to go with, a um, little bit of a reclamation project for this week, um, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and go all in on the Erod train. I I truly think that he's going to bounce back 
from the the less than great outing i mean i think we kind of went into it right it, you know it wasn't stellar but it was it was gritty and it, and it had some heart to it he kept us in the game but i think he's really going to come back and he's going to he's going to throw a gem this this next time through the through the rotation um against his former team oh oh yeah i didn't even think mm-hmm. about that that's a good mm-hmm. point okay well even even more um you know, a reason for him to go out and, and hurl a gem. Um, I think Erod is going to have a much better start this time around. Who's your hitter for this week? I'm I'm gonna jump on the hype train. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the wave. Uh, Austin Meadows and I told you before we started. I'm gonna call him Parker Meadows many times this year because that's just what we're used to as Tigers fans. If if we're I will correct you every Meadows, time. Don't worry. <laughs> if we're talking about a Meadows, typically it's Parker because he's he's in our minor league system, his younger brother. But it's going to be Austin Meadows this week. He's going to continue his run. Uh, I mean, honestly, if he continues what he's doing, he's going to have a shot at, at at some real good national national recognition because he's just been so so freaking solid all 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 weekend. Oh, you th- you thinking you thinking some some time on LB Network? There's some time on I mean, some sports centers. I mean, the numbers he's putting up, if he continues that, I there's no way they keep him out of it, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I, I think um, I think I saw Javi's home run on LMB Network tonight, and I just I got so giddy. I love it when the Tigers get national recognition because it just seems like, and I know this is just a team thing, it seems like the team that you follow never gets the national recognition that you want. But if you're a Yankees fan, you, you can't say that. Um, Yankees, Dodgers, you just got to keep yourself out of that conversation. <laughs> right. They get all the recognition. Um, for my hitter, and I think, and, and I do this every time, and again, I'm going to jinx him, so just get used to it. I try to like actually read the swings of the players, right. Or of the lineup and see who's kind of um, trending in the right direction and trending in the wrong direction. And man, scope has hit some like dingers that like just, they, they were hit so hard and he's like, he's so close to breaking out. Um, I mean, I think one of his, one of his balls had like a, a six ten expected batting average and it of course it got comerica um he did have a double tonight and so obviously maybe he's already broken out but but i mean he's hit some truly like frozen ropes to the outfield and he's like has very little show for it so i think i think scope's gonna break out and have a good week um but but we will see um moving on to some more pressing matters um, and maybe some some hitters that have not shown what we want out of them so far this year. Uh, again, only four games, and we touched on Badu a little bit, but Badu is, is truly struggling. Um, I think, you know, not to rehash, but his swing looks off. He looks like he's pressing too much. Um, he, he does. He looks pretty good in the outfield. I, what do we think of his center field performance so far? I mean, it's not bad. Uh, well, I think for Badu, if we're not talking about his center field defense, I think that's probably a good thing. <laughs> that's, uh, that's fair. That's last fair. year, his outfield defense was not, uh, was below average. I think we could confidently say that. Yeah. Um, he, he hasn't caused us any problems in the outfield yet. And I think we could just take that as a win and move on, honestly. So, but what about his bat? What do we, what do we think about his bat? Are we concerned? 
if anyone and and I told you at the beginning, I told everybody at the beginning of this, it's four games. He 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 had a game off. He only played. He's only played in three games. I I'm I refuse to say I am worried. I refuse to say I am panicking about anybody anybody's performance. We've played four games against two teams. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna not gonna do it. But if you pressed me, if you put you know put a gun to my head and said who are you worried about, it, it would probably be Badu. Honestly, it just and like you said, it could honestly take one hit with him. I think to just snap him right out of it. I just feel like with him, he's he's trying to replicate his performance from last year. And he came onto this scene, which is such, you know, just so crazy big, just, you know, home run first at bat, you know, just first, first pitch, major, right? Yeah. First <laughs> pit, major league baseball pitch. He saw above single A, or I think, right. And, yeah, and he yeah, just yeah. hits it opposite field home run. So I think he's just trying to replicate that. He's trying to do too much. His swings look not like him. And it's against righties. It's against lefties. It's, I don't know whether his spring success got to his head or whether he's just trying to be the same Badoo he was last year, but the league adjusts and he's kind of feeling that again right now. But I think if anybody, if anybody we talk about in this segment can fix it, it's Badoo because we saw him last year, you know, he came on so strong at the beginning, the league adjusted and he started striking out. He struck out quite a bit there for a good stretch. And and it took him a little bit, but he did adjust. He started to, you know, have some good at bats. He started, you know, to get some hits. And he was he was a pretty dependable part of the lineup when he finally came down to the end of the season. So if anybody can get out of it, it's Badu, which is why I'm not again, why I'm not super concerned about it, but it would be Badu. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. I, and I, I think it's important, right. To say it's obviously only been a few games. He's only had uh, a few at bats. Right. But uh, if he can make the adjustments, fantastic. He'll be all the better for it. Um, but if he can't, we're looking at a pretty, pretty major sophomore slump. Um, on the flip side of that, what are we thinking about torque? Are we, are we concerned about torques? So really bad start. If we're being honest, I'm not even going to sit here and tell you it's a bad start. I, 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 and I think I can, he has a few walks. A, he has a few walks. He has three walks. I could tend to be an optimist a little bit sometimes. And you can, you can I tend to be a pessimist, attest to that. It's a realist. I'm a realist. <laughs> Torque. He's having good at bats. We talked about this before we recorded as well. He's having some great at bats. I can, I, I think, if not all, I would say most of his, his 11 plate appearances have been three, two counts. And he's just, he's fought. He's had some long at bats. I think one of his at bats even went to 10 pitches. He he's had some great at bats. He's not flailing. I think his fix to his start is a way, way easier than Badu's. You know, it's, it's way easier to get more aggressive as a hitter. You know, coming from somebody who in high school was accused of being kind of scared of the ball, you can always swing harder. You can always swing more often. You, you can't always, you know, it's, it's a lot harder to, to not swing as much once, once you get into that, into that groove. Um, I think we both agree he's being a little bit tentative, a little bit too patient. 
you know, his, his at bat tonight, he had an at bat with runners on second and third late one out. That, that would have with one out. He could have, he could have broke the game wide open and, and given some much needed insurance runs to the Tigers. Uh, he took a, he took an inside. I think it was a slider off a, off a lefty and, and it was, it was a good take. It was a great take. Second pitch, it was a changeup, and he, and the, and the pitcher hung it. It, it was right. It, it was a little bit. It was meaty. It was, meaty. It, it was, it was good. 84 miles an hour, middle of the plate. It just, it just looked fantastic. And he just watched it. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of encompasses everything we've seen from torque to start the season is he's doing great. He's not swinging too much. He's being patient, but when he gets his pitch, he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And hundred percent. And, and that's the thing, right? Like you said, it, it, he's, he's just being in an, if you can even be this in the majors, he's being too patient. Like it, it's happened a few times where he's worked himself into a two Oh count or a two one count. And he, at that point, I think you've earned a swing, not saying that you've earned looking like a fool, right? Like, I, I don't think that that's the truth, but you miss a hundred percent of the swings you don't take. And, and he's like ahead in the count, dude, they're going to throw you something to hit. If they're, if they're trying to get back on the count and they're not working around you, you know, they're going to throw you something to hit if they're behind the count. And so just, just swing, just swing. I, I mean, realistically, he, he made contact for the first time this year tonight. And, 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 and uh, as far as a batted ball in play, I mean, he's followed off some balls. Don't get me wrong, but he made contact with a batted ball in play for the first time in, you know, 10 ish at bats again, not, not ringing the sirens. There's no reason to do that. And, and in fact, if you go back to every level that Torx Ben, he has this slump and every new league that he joins, whether it be, you know, last year in spring training, the, the last, last year in spring training, when he had his first spring training with the tigers, you know, he had a rough slump. Um, you know, he started out with the white caps, super, super rough start there. Um, and then just on, on and onward from there. And so it's not uncharacteristic of him to, to have this patient approach and kind of get him into um, too deep accounts and just not find his pitch. Right. But I, I think if he, if he needs to correct it, right. Or if he needs to correct something, it just, he, he can be more aggressive and you're right. You hit the nail on the head It's way easier to be more aggressive in an at bat than it is to, to, you know, learn how to lay off some swings. So in summary, are we worried about torque? No, I think he can change up his plate approach a little bit. And I think if there's one thing to take away, it, it, he is truly way beyond his years and somehow that's actually to a fault. <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, Josh, do you have some history for us today? Yeah, we're going to do some history with Josh. Uh, I got a notification this morning from one of the Tigers' social media accounts. I can't remember. It might have been like their memorabilia page or something on my Twitter. And it, and it gave, me a, gave me a little history tidbit that I was like, well, this is perfect. This is such great timing. Um, today, on this date, 22 years ago, in the year 2000, April 11th was the first professional baseball game played at Comerica Park. Mm, mm, I think I did see this as well. And that kind of caused me to go and take a little deeper look and see what see what was going on. Uh, they beat the Mariners that day. Oh, okay. Uh, they had a terrible year. 
<laughs> it was <laughs> early two thousands were not a fun time to be a Tigers. Fan. It was dismal. I'm looking at this Detroit Tigers team right now. They they weren't, you know, they weren't two thousand and three bad yet, but they were they were seventy nine and eighty three that year. Their manager was Phil Garner. You know, it's way before my time of watching Tigers, but. Uh, some of these names, some of these names, I on this team, you will. I don't know if you'll know these guys. You're not. The, the, Do you have the starting lineup? I don't want to put you. I, I have the. I, have, I don't know if I have the starting lineup. I couldn't find that for some reason, but I have the. I have the players that made the most starts for this team. <laughs> I and, love that. And this is this is this. There's some craziness happening here. Uh, their their catcher for 150 games was none other than Brad Osmus. That year. Oh, good. Yeah, you, you know, pretty much any team that Brad Osmus is associated <laughs> with is just going to be fantastic. Just absolutely wonderful. We've got some great memories of Brad Osmus. Um, so their are the first, Angels. Their first first baseman for a lot of that year was was Tony Clark. We know Tony Clark. Hey, know Mr. Clark. Mr. Player himself. He's the he's the current president of the. Um, players players union um damian easily played a lot of second base i don't know if you know that name uh he was one of my favorite players on mvp baseball 2003 his first first baseball game i ever played okay um we have bobby higginson juan encarnacion juan gonzalez just some some great names in the in the in the field but then the pitching rotation here got some gold here and let me tell you jeff weaver yes went went 11 and 15 for this team uh hideo nomo just cannot remember much about him he had the funkiest windup i do remember that uh steve sparks uh todd jones in the bullpen let's see who else is in this bullpen let's see if i remember anybody else shane halter remember him you think he pitched on 2006 Tigers for just, just briefly, but yeah, just looking back at this, just such a, such a weird thing to just think that the first game at, at Comerica Park was 22 years ago, and and this to me Comerica Park really feels like a, a newer stadium, but much 20, newer. 22 years is a long time, mm-hmm. so. Just kind of a, a fun fact for today came up. I, with I right don't time. know what you're talking about. I mean, hearing those names and listening to those players, I I, I don't know how that team didn't win 100 games. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't know. It sounds like they underachieved, to say the least. Uh, they did, actually. Their their projected win-loss was was 500, and they... <laughs> They went two games below that. So <laughs> okay, well, okay, well, it's more more than I thought they would have won. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, we're gonna go ahead and close out this episode with some hot takes. Um, I'll go ahead and start it off. Um, I only have one for this week. Um, and I think it kind of goes along with the Badu conversation. Um, just a thought, you know. Uh, Reyes had a fantastic at bat that resulted in a triple that was our only run scored in Sunday's game. And I think that made an impression on Hinch. And so I'm going to go ahead and say that Reyes and Badu over the next week will get the same amount of starts at center field. Oof. That is, that is tough. Cause that means, <laughs> that means, but who doesn't impress in his at bats that he does get? Because I think as soon as soon as Akil 
comes comes into it and he gets a few hits, I think he gets that spot back just because we I think we all agree Badu has a much higher ceiling than oh yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's his spot to lose, don't get me wrong, but he's not proving why he deserves the spot at the moment. But again, it's only you know, he's only over nine. Just a couple <laughs> hits, but still, I think Reyes really impressed with that with that at bat and resulting in the triple. What's your hot take, or maybe multiple hot takes? I'm not sure. Do you have a couple? Or yeah, my hot take of the day, and this is gonna gonna be kind of a good news, bad news hot take here. But uh, Miguel Cabrera is going to surpass the 600 doubles mark this week. He's going to hit two more doubles this week, and he's going to pass 3,000 hits in Kansas City on Saturday. You know, it, it's kind of like when he hit the 500th home run in Toronto. Like, Kansas City wouldn't be a terrible place to do it. And and if you look at his numbers at Kauffman Stadium, they are just egregious. The dude just absolutely torches the ball at Kauffman, Par- at Kauffman Stadium. I don't know what he does. Um, I don't know if he likes the batter's eye or the stupid crown that they got for, <laughs> for the scoreboard, but like he just, he feels comfortable there. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised again. I really want to be on 3000 watch. And, and I mean, uh, I, I would love to have the opportunity to see Miggy hit 3000. The uh, only, the but... only solace I get from this prediction, and this hurts me too, because I, I clearly would like to see that at home as well, but the only solace I get from this is we know the fans in Kansas City. He won his triple crown in Kansas City in 2000 and oh gosh, I'm blanking. Whenever he won his triple crown, his batting triple crown, he, he confirmed it in Kauffman Stadium and the fans there gave him all the respect that he could deserve from that. I mean, the, the Royals 2013 did, or 2014. That was the numbers. That was the years that were coming to my head. And I didn't want to be, didn't want to be completely off on that. Um, but I know that if he passes 3000 hits in Kansas city, the, the Royals organization, the Royals 2012, fans, 2012. Oh, wow. Look at that. Uh, we, we know the Royals are going to be a class act and they're going to give him all the respect that he deserves. They've done it before. We know that they're gonna gonna give him his due, and that's the only kind of reason that I say that. But yeah, yeah I think uh, I think he starts off real hot. Yeah, and and, uh, and just and and with that, I hope he doesn't absolutely tank after he gets the three thousandth hit. But we'll see. I, <laughs> we will see what happens. Um, any parting thoughts? Anything else you wanted to add? Um trying to think i think i think i get got everything off my chest for this week i'm excited for a full full week of tigers baseball oh yes can't, can't wait to see see the second time through the rotation with this team i think it's gonna be huge and it, it should be really fun i i erod against his former team on wednesday it's gonna be i think it's gonna be must see baseball yeah it's gonna be electric i you you turned me on to that idea and then that that is super exciting i kind of forgot that he would get a turn against the red Sox. i think that'll be super fun um alex cora is is not going to enjoy seeing erod pitch against him for sure hope he walks right. off, i hope he walks off the mound it does the does the watch thing tapping his wrist i hope he uh, goes right to cora <laughs> awesome. oh man yeah and then they had it was kind of funny and cora and him had like a little talk after he did that because cora i think thought he was showing 
up Korea too much, but it's like Korea showed him up first. So it's, it's like, all right, well, whatever. But until next time, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Josh, thank you for joining me. And until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.